So, you know, let's go back to we met the Venus podcast, right? Like, I get introduced to you, and basically, the introduction you probably never heard is, but it's like, yo, this is dude. I don't know if he's white or not, but he's got like, like a good brand. I'm helping him with some like merch and, and like some design stuff, but like, he don't have none of his business shit together. All that stuff you talk about, I need you to help him. That was my intro to you. I'd never heard Vic Plans. I, I wasn't even aware of that space. You, I rarely get my hair cut. So. Well, that was the first podcast I've ever done. First, yeah, and you were nervous. Uh, that's, that's like, it was a real moment in time. You gave my first ever podcast I've ever been on. And you handled it like a pro. And my first podcast. It's so funny. I remember even in that podcast, remember we said, I was like, I don't want no, I don't need no girl. I don't want no girl. <laughs> now I gotta, yeah, now I'm locked in. Now you're locked in. With, with girls and dogs. Girls and two pups. So we have that that initial convo. And I remember like, I hit you with like a blitzer thing. I was like, you got an LLC, you got this, EIN. And like, I was like talking French to you at that time. Yeah, but it's, you know, when you got a, when you got a talent and, you know, very, you learn how to make money from your talent. You don't know as a person that comes from the communities that we come from that, you can't just make money. That's not it. So like, I was making money from the talent that God gave me. I was cutting hair. And I was well at it. I was getting, you know, money through that. I learned how to make an academy. So like getting to the money was the quickest thing to figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they say it's not the fact that you make money, but can you keep your money? And keeping, my, keeping money was something I didn't understand that it was even a concept too. So I just knew that I was, that I had a couple of, you know, incomes and I had more coming on the way, but you know, I didn't, I didn't have no LLC. I didn't know any of that shit. I didn't, I didn't have a business bank account. I was yeah. questioning why USAA told me that they wanted to close my bank account. Because my transactions, I'm like, so what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. do I got to take, how do I, how do I make sure they don't close my bank account? I didn't even know why they would close a bank account. Yeah. My parents couldn't figure it out either because they don't, they, they're not in the business, mm-hmm. you know? So I didn't have anybody around me that was like, dog, you don't got a business bank account. There's this business checking accounts for you that are meant to have transactions come through like that and I didn't know so but but again like you were you were a sponge so what I what I appreciated was you were like you said you knew how to get to the money you knew how to make money you you were cutting hair you were getting this academy off the ground and I'm like yo I think there's like pieces you're missing and I remember you would text me random questions constantly so what like walk me through your thought process you're you're Starting a business, your your business yourself, but like walk me through what's going through your head at that time. I mean, before you said it yourself, before that though, it's not what was going through my mind. It was the fact that I was a sponge and not even a sponge through that moment. I was a sponge through my life to know that if somebody has been on this earth longer than me, who am I to question something that they got to tell me? And I don't mean everybody got the right things to say to me, but it means that if somebody that has experience got something to say to me, I need to open my ears and listen. A wise man told me that God gave us two ears and one mouth. So you got to talk less and listen more. That's why we got two ears. So if all I do is talk back to the people that want to teach to me, I don't give myself enough opportunity to listen. This hasn't just helped me with, you know, business, but it's helped me with my relationship with my girl. It's helped me with my relationship with my best friend, with my team members. It's the ability to listen and not just to listen, but apply the things that I've been hearing as I've been listening. And that's all I did through my life was listen to people when they have something to say to me. Mm-hmm. Not just from the people that I want to, mm-hmm. but I learned from anybody. And the fact that I knew to be a sponge early on is the is the difference maker. 
I knew to soak in any moment that I was ever going to be in. I knew to soak in the right knowledge from whoever it is that I was going to be around, ask the questions that needed to be asked, ask questions I thought nobody else would need to ask. No such thing as a bad question. If it's something that is bothering in your mind, if you're in a room with somebody that has experience, they have proven success, yo, you better pick their brain. That's all it would do. So that was the thing from the beginning, from what you said. Like, it wasn't that I started figuring out, oh, I'm, you know, I need this for the business, but it was like, I knew somebody had experience on me. And that was enough for me to be willing to open my ears and, and hear this dude out. So when you would speak to me, you know, I don't, you know, and like I said, it's not, I don't need it to be just from somebody successful. I didn't even know of your success in the moment, mm-hmm. but I could see and I can observe that this dude is somewhere that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Look at the equipment they got. Look at the business they running. Look at the space they in. I got to listen, right? I don't need it just to be from one, one type of person, someone that I perceive to only be successful, mm-hmm. like open your ears and he's speaking a language I can't understand. Mm-hmm. And there should be a reason why I should be able to understand this language that I'm not right here. Yeah. So that was that was in my head. I was like, damn, let me just observe. Let me like take a, a, a third person perspective at what I'm looking at right now. Like, who would I be to like try to school a dude not even knowing who they know or who they are or what they've accomplished? Like, that's not a I don't I, I try not to move like that through life. I try to give everybody an opportunity to like to start a, a genuine relationship with me and, and to not have it be name dropped or success dropped but like let me take this for what it is and this dude is trying to teach me something i love it sponge so like you know as i got to know you you talked about your time with sean and them in the shop in in north carolina you were sponge in that situation you come to atlanta you're in a shop in atlanta you're sponge in that situation shop closes down you're kind of like buzzing at this time You've got this idea for your academy. You've got this content idea. Now kind of walk me through how you evolve. What I see now is the Vic Blends world, but like this was like right before the shit popped off. Like how did that evolution happen? Like what were the steps? I was first getting I was first getting inspired to make money through my craft without having to do my craft while I was still in the favor of North Carolina. Cause I learned early on that like education was another avenue in the, in the barber and beauty world for me to make more money than I can make in a week cutting hair in one day of teaching to a class, right? And it's, it's it, to me, it's common sense that if I could do one haircut for $100, I exchange my one hour for $100. But if I teach 100 people at $50 a head how to do a $100 haircut in one hour, now I'm maximizing my, my opportunity here. I'm making five dollars $10,000 in the time that I would spend cutting. So if anybody's a, a hustler and, it, and, I, and I, you realize that it doesn't take as much as you think it takes, right? You got to be able to speak and talk and, and listen to people and be able to, you know, teach them. Like, that was my first idea of like, yo, I can make more than just standing behind this chair. That's going to be my way out. It was going to be to teach. I was going to teach. I was going to teach. I was going to teach. Seeing people, you know, messing with the online world, doing classes, doing courses. Like, man, I taught a couple classes in person. How do I teach the people I can't get to? First thing I started doing was Zoom classes. I would sell a, a one-off Zoom class on Eventbrite. I would load up the Eventbrite and I would do online Zoom classes. And you know, the people that would pay for my classes on Eventbrite, I would get their emails, email them the personal Zoom link with the password on the Zoom link. I would pay for the Zoom uh, for the Zoom subscription. Have you know, host up to like 100 people. And I would have I would sell online course now, not a course, but an online class, a one-off class. 
and I would I would sell that and I would do a live haircut in my brother's house. I would you know I would set it up inside the house with the lights and I would just I would literally do it off my phone, just off my iPhone, connect to the Wi-Fi and pray that thing don't lose connection. <laughs> and I would do a class just like that. I would make my own PowerPoint, go through a PowerPoint presentation, and like you know I started realizing that you know there's more money to be made without having to do the one thing that I think um, I'm good at, mm-hmm. right? So went from that and then from the one off, I'm like, how do I get somebody something consistent? I need a website. You know, found a dude locally in favor that, that created websites, told him the idea, said he could do it. He did it. Can't say it was the best, but he gave me his best. Mm-hmm. And that's all I was looking for mm-hmm. in any relationship, in any, you know, working environment. As long as you can give me your best, I don't care if it's really the best, but I need the best from you because we can always learn how to get to that best level. Mm. And the guy gave me everything. Never made a website like this. Never seen traffic like this through a website. And, you know, I learned from it. You know, I learned from it. I learned that it needs to be rebooted. It needs to be worked on. It needs to be really invested in. Um, and I didn't have branding. I didn't even know what branding was. I just knew that, like, I had information to put out. And I didn't understand that branding was the way that, like, things look and relate to each other. And the way that it speaks a message through things that aren't the person itself. And I didn't. I didn't understand any of this stuff. I just knew that like I was putting information out. So I remember my first website like made zero sense. I had like I had like stock photos from Google of barbers cutting on like the barber side. I had like I, I had wild stuff on that page. It, it made no sense when you would look at it visually, but I just knew that it was the next step. Yeah. I didn't know branding yet. I just knew that was the next step. Um, and then after that, it was like yo, get out of your hometown. And that was the biggest hack to my life was getting out of my hometown and going somewhere that would give me the opportunity I needed. You know, I always relate this back to the the life of a plant. And I say that sometimes with the right seed, with the right soil, but not the right sunlight or water. Mm -hmm. And for a plant to grow efficiently, it needs all of these things. I'm the right seed, I am the seed, I'm Victor Fontanez. I'm in the right soil, I found what I love to do. I love to, to be a barber and I'm an entrepreneur. Now, what's my water and my sunlight? Those are the things that are feeding into me every day. I'm stuck in my brother's garage in Fayetteville, North Carolina with no AC cutting, right? I'm not getting enough sunlight. Somebody got to see me that that really sees what I can do. What's my water? It's the people that I got around me to access to the things that I see and, and, and hear every day. What am I looking at every day? These four walls. I don't even got friends at this moment because I just came out of high school. I knew the sacrifice, whatever wasn't going to benefit me. I had no friends, I had no mentors that knew to go to the next level. That's the thing too, although I had life mentors, yeah, I'm in a city trying to make a million dollars a year and not a single person in my city even touches that. Mm-hmm. Like who's gonna be there from experience that could say like, yo Vic, I'll show you how to make a million dollars. It wasn't possible. I had to seek mentorship at the next level of my life. So for me learning that, like man, there's other things I could be doing with my business taking the next step to get out of my hometown was the hack. That was a life hack. Mm-hmm. Not just for being a barber entrepreneur, but like for anybody, like you move out of your hometown, you never know, man. You might be the right seed in the right soil, but not the right sunlight or water. You got to go and get the things that you need. So when I came to Atlanta, it just exposed me to the sunlight and water that I needed for my plant to grow. Mm-hmm. I've never had conversations at the level that I was ready to have them. I, I didn't see the things I needed to see to really inspire me. A lot of the times we see shit on social media when we live in small towns and it, and it looks like it's fake. It looks mm-hmm. like this is not real life. Mm-hmm. And I know that social media sometimes is this facade of people's lives, but 
I've never seen a Lamborghini truck in my life. Mm-hmm. I've never been inspired by success or seeing people that are also young fucking winning. I never, you don't see that. So to have that inspiration live around me every day, that was all the inspiration I needed was to see that it was physically possible. And when you would come to a new city and see that it's physically possible that people are here living and touching the same things that you dream of, that's the push that I needed. Yeah. And I came to Atlanta. That's all that happened was I got the right sunlight and I got the right water that I needed to grow. I love it. Davina and I, our anniversary every year, uh, especially when we were dead broke before we made our, our success and our money, we would drive to the nicest neighborhood in the D.C. area and we'd just park and just like chill because it was like we had to see their reality and we'd see people walking their dogs and we see people driving these fancy cars and these houses that were like the size of what looked like schools to us. And we'd be like, yo, this is somebody's reality. Like that person lives in a 30,000 square foot house. Like their mortgage monthly is more than our rent in 10 years. Like, but that's their reality. And if they can do it, we can do it. And, and you're right. Like, you know, obviously going back to Liberia and spending that time there, you see the impact of people not being exposed to certain things and how like small their minds are. And it's almost painful when you try to explain to somebody how much more they can be. So yeah, it, I think that hack for you was was like, that was the mindset. That's what you had. Like you already looking for it. And, and like this opportunity comes and you're like, oh, okay, you could be water, like be water. Well, when you said like, you know, painful that it's painful that they don't see it, but more than anything, it's it's not even painful. It's really sad. It's saddening that they just don't know. It's lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we perceive it as like this person is hating on me because they don't want to see me win. They don't want to see me chase my dreams. But in reality, that person doesn't even know what's possible. Mm-hmm. And they're unaware of what's out in the world for them to get. Mm-hmm. They've lived in the same city their whole life from day one when they were born. Now they're 40, 50 years old, never step foot outside. And what they are is that they're alive. Mm-hmm. Alive but not living. Mm-hmm. Because they are alive, they tell you that you don't need anything outside of the city mm-hmm. to live. And they got the two mixed up. Yeah. Now you're alive, but you ain't living. And the way that I dream, I want to be living. Like I want to be feeling every emotion that God got on this earth for me. And it is sad to see somebody just not know the way that their life could be, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's life is different. Everybody doesn't have to be in the biggest city in the right. world or they don't have to be, you know, popping on social media, none of that. But if somebody's vision is to do so, I would never shoot them down for having a vision of that. My life might be good in my small town, but I would never knock another person for thinking that they should be out in LA because mm-hmm. everybody ain't meant to be stuck in favor of North Carolina like me. No, you're absolutely right. So I think one of the, the constant themes I've seen with you too is you visualize success. And I told you early on, like you you remind me a lot of Logic when I when I met him and you were so clear on what success looked like for Vic Blends. And like, you knew the tools, you knew like, you're like social media, you knew your audience. You're like, yo, the, like I remember us having conversations and you'd be like, no, like that doesn't fit my audience. Like if my audience isn't, connecting like it it doesn't make sense so you knew the tools you knew the audience and you knew the outcome but you constantly leveled up right you leveled up the website so like i remember the old website so the website you had in between to now the new website you're probably working on another website now the merch lines the the partnerships the living situation so like as you constantly are leveling up in business what what keeps you motivated what keeps you like inspired to, to continue to grow and are you, are you just trying to see how big it can go 
or do you feel like you have a vision of like what that outcome is? Man, I feel like you you say a lot of things in one question, but I'm gonna say the first thing you said that I, I can't even like think of is that like when you said it was clear, that's why it could be looked at as it's so easy because the clearer that your vision is, the more direct you know where, where to head. Like you know what direction to head into. The more clear your vision could be, the easier it is for you to grind. Mm. If your vision is not clear in the beginning, you don't know where you're heading to. Now your time is spent going in a thousand different directions you don't need to be heading into. Mm-hmm. The clearer the path could be for you, the easier it is, is for you to get there. Doesn't mean it'll be easy, but it might be easier. Yeah. Right? Like you need to know what direction you're heading into. And when you speak about like a logic and you told me this, you told me the stories, like dude would speak about it the way I would speak about it. Like I knew, and still to this day I know, like I know exactly what direction I want to head into and it's it's not, I don't get that. Like I speak to God about it and I and I'm clear and I ask him word for word, like, show me where I need to be going. Show me what direction I need to be into. Show me what doors I need to be opening. And the clearer that he can make your vision for you, like, then you know where to go. Because if you don't know where you're heading, then where's your energy going to be spent? In a thousand different places. Now you're working against yourself instead of taking the time necessary to learn about yourself and learn that, like, yo, I need to be doing this because this is what I really love. Or this is speaking to me. And these are things that I feel passionate about. I made the vision extremely clear for me and that is to impact people and that is to change the way that we see everyday people. It's to change the way that we see life of others. Like that's my goal is to change the way that people see people. So I made that vision clear and I speak that through whatever I do. Change the way that people see people. I do that through speaking to strangers. Mm -hmm. I do that through prison reform. I do that through motivational speaking. I do that through whatever I have to do. I cut every level there is to age to, to race to gender to whatever because you never know what a stranger might go through but that comes down to what my inspiration is and it's that I hated the way that people would see me starting off in my career I hated you know the first thing I would get knocked for is a white barber that can't cut black hair that burn it would burn me it would like I would go home and I'd be like I'm gonna, fuck, I'm gonna show y'all like watch I'm gonna be the fireest barber out there I promise you <laughs> This is what I'm going to do. And like, it was crazy because the first question that people would ask is like, why do I want to cut black black hair? And it's like, I, I, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, my best friend right here, the first person I ever gave a haircut, it just happens to be black. Like, this is the community that I grew up in. This is like my best friend. Like, he was the first person to trust me. I didn't, I didn't have a, a notion in my head that I wanted to get into this coach and do this thing. Like, I did what was naturally to me. I did what, what what came authentic. I came. I I just did whatever with whatever tool that God gave me, and God gave me Justin. Mm-hmm. I, I got to use the tools I got in front of me, you know. So that was where I started, and that was the first. I hated that shit. Man. I I didn't like it because I knew in my heart that I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do. And to be knocked for for going against God's vision for you is a, is, is a thing that hurts people. Mm-hmm. It's a very painful thing to feel, you know. And after that, it was. You know, like you never like a barber is gonna be. You, you never, you're not gonna get out of the veil, right? Mm-hmm. Like your barber, your cut here, getting out of the veil was, oh, fuck, it's a, it's a hurdle for anybody that's stuck there or stuck in a in a small town. Like getting out of that was tough, right? That was the next hurdle. You know, from there is like, could, could I ever be known past the barber? Like, could I ever, you know? Oh, yeah. So like, all I'm trying to do is like change the perspective of what people could see me as. Mm-hmm. And I hate it to be limited based off the way that I look, the way that I sound, or where I come from. 
I hated to be limited. That was the one thing that would burn inside of me if somebody told me that I could not do something, that it wasn't possible, that I didn't look the part for it, I didn't sound the part for it, I didn't dress the part for it. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Like, getting my first tattoo and my teacher telling me that I would never get a job getting tattoos. I, I had the clipper. I said, this is my job. She said, we'll see how long you're doing that. Like, shit like that be killing me, man. Like, like I hate when somebody would limit you to what you could accomplish without even knowing you. Like, I don't think anything is is, is unattainable. So, like, the motivation is, is that to change the way that people see other people. Like, I, I don't want anybody to put anything past anybody. Like, at, at this point, I have seen so much success come from people that I, like, you would never at first glance think it would be possible for. And I'm like, I'm the first thing to see that. Like, I look in the mirror every day. I'm like, fuck, like, be real with your own journey and look back to where you came from and, and, and give yourself grace for where you where you came from. Like, most more people got to be, they got to give themselves more flowers. Mm. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. Mm. Although I'm not a prideful person, I'm a very humble person. It's a lot of days that I got to look in the mirror and look at myself and say, you came a long way. And that's something that you should be proud of. Not from what anybody else wants to see or anything like, I got to give myself the grace. Mm -hmm. And if I could take a step to look back and say, yo, I already beat the odds. Like at this point, anything in my life is possible. Mm -hmm. To come out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, out of my mom's garage with no AC, it's it's like 98 degrees. I'm cutting sweaty heads. See, being the most globally known barber at this point, yes, I don't ever think in my my head that like, yo, I'm the best and the biggest, but like, I don't, I, anything is possible. That was the hardest fucking, that was the hardest point right there. Mm-hmm. And I got through it. So at this point, anything else I got to walk through, like, uh, now I got to go through a meeting with, with an exec. You think I'm scared to go through a meeting with an exec or somebody or to pitch my story to that? I'm not scared of none of that shit now because I just came out of the, the, the hottest garage in North Carolina mm-hmm. and I had everybody shit on me on my way up. And for me, for me to be nervous now or scared to attack anything in my life, yo, it's cake, yo, it's, it's a cakewalk. I literally, but like, that's what I would, yeah. when, it, when shit gotta come up now, man, it, it, it um, been 10 times worse before. I love it. And and so as you, as you build up now, right, like, chip on the shoulder, white boy, which you Spanish, but white boy from the look, cutting black hair, you don't belong, you prove him wrong. Can you make it out of Fayetteville? You prove them wrong. Can you make it in Atlanta? You prove them wrong. And then it was like a flip. Like, I remember one day we had a convo and you were like, yo, I don't want to just be seen as a barber, right? And that was a new convo. Like, I, I, when, when I met you, that wasn't the case. But there was a day where you, like, flipped. You're like, I don't want to just be seen as a barber. I'm so much more. Walk me through that. I mean, it was, it was, pan, it was pandemic, which doesn't sound like it was long ago, but... Um, I was first inspired by motivational speaking in eighth grade, watching Eric Thomas. I was running track and I was trying to, you know, my, my coach told me that track was a mental thing. So I'm like, yo, how do I get in the right mental space to run my race? If it's more mental than anything, let me make sure my mental's right. And everybody would tell me that. You're running long distance, mental. Who Who's mentally there? So I would work on my mental and I would watch Eric Thomas, motivational speaker, and he would say that you wanted to have things as bad as you want to breathe, and like, that's 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 extreme. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, I gotta want things that bad. Like, you know, but more than anything, like, I saw the power that his voice gave me, mm-hmm. and I saw power in that. 
and it's something I've always wanted to do. You can look on my Instagram. I was dropping motivational videos in <laughs> in North Carolina in in the garage in my mom's house, and I would have my little brother record me from 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 the toes up because I knew that like you know, and I would have him go from a tattoo. Mm -hmm. I would have him go from a tattoo because I knew that like this tattoo might be more eye catchy to a viewer because I don't have any face value on my on my social media. I don't have any face value in the world. Nobody knows my face. But this tattoo might look cooler than my face. And if the first two to three seconds was the most important part of the video, I'd rather show a cool tattoo to catch somebody's vision than to show my face because they don't know me yet. So I would I would have my brother record the camera from a tattoo I would get. I would have the Muhammad Ali. I'm like, yo, they gonna fuck with that Muhammad Ali because they don't know me yet. And I would start in there and he would pan the camera up and I would try to spit a motivational verse and it would, at, at first it's just shit that I would hear on, on YouTube, just general shit, like just telling people to grind hard and stuff like that. And it would be a few folk that like, oh yeah, this is tough. And then it would be a lot of hit people like, man, this shit is, this shit is whack. This is corny. It's like shut up and go fade. Like, you know, when they told LeBron to shut up and Joe, that's how I felt. I'm like, damn, like, what if I don't want to cut hair again? What the, f like, what am I going to, what is this? So I was I was getting scared of that shit at first and then like I let it get I let all the hate stop me. Mm. Every bit of it. I came that's, to Atlanta. That's important. I came to Atlanta and I ain't do a lick of motivation. Yeah, you weren't doing I, any of that. I let the hate fucking get to me and I said, Dan, they don't want to hear it from me. So I stopped it. And then, you know, when we came into COVID. Shop is shut down. Yeah, shop shut down. So the one thing that I think I'm good at. And the only thing at the time that I thought I had to offer to the world was a haircut. It's taken away. Now it's taken away from me because we're not allowed to have physical contact with anybody. So like now, without having physical contact or being able to touch somebody, like who is Victor Fontenay at that point, right? They said, don't let what you're good at define who you are. Who are you if you can't do what you're good at? That was the state. That was right there. Change my life. Don't let what you're good at define who you are. Who are you if you can't do what you're good at? So my whole life, I think I'm a good barber. Like, that's what I have to offer. That's what people know me for. So you can't let the thing that you're good at be the only thing to define who you are as a person. Because what if you can't do the one thing you're good at? What if I can never fade again? What if, you know, God forbid I get into an accident and I get my hands chopped off and I, I can never fade again? Who am I? You know, so... At that moment, I thought back and I'm like, man, I wanted to speak. I wanted to do videos. I wanted to speak motivation. I'm like, I've been blessed with it before my hands were blessed. I want. I was doing that. Sh I was inspired by it way in eighth grade. So I knew that it was on my conscience and in, in my path. But, you know, they say God give you a hundred signs a day. And we're not always receptive to all hundred. So I feel like those were early signs in my life that like this would be in my path. So when I, when I heard that quote, and the, the shop got shut down. I was just trying to open up to the signs that God was giving me that, man, you gotta you gotta dig deep and find more things to offer to this world than just the thing that you're good at. Yeah. So I started speaking more during the pandemic and that was the flip of the switch where it's like, damn, you know, a haircut affects one person, but this conversation might affect a million. And if I'm here to inspire and motivate and, and, and impact the life of people, then I would maximize this and fulfill my purpose more if I would create more content. Mm -hmm. I could cut somebody. Yes, I could, I could work in and impact that person in my chair. But I could make a video, like you said earlier, and touch millions overnight. 
And then now there are kids that are, you know, living in parts of the world I might never get to that get to hear my voice and be inspired by something. So that was the flip of the switch is when the pandemic hit and the one thing I thought I was good at got stripped from me. And now I got to sit back and think, where am I at this point? I love it. So then again, like, this is the power of, of Vic Blends and, and why, to me, you're the, the ultimate, like, hustler, ultimate entrepreneur and the reason why I do all this. Because, like, someone like you faces adversity and you make the most of it, right? Your, your gift gets taken away from you in a one-of-one situation. The world shuts down. Only way barbers aren't cutting hair. Like, that never happened before, probably never happened again in our lifetime. And you're like, you know what? This is a chance to do what I love. And you use the tools available. And I remember you started shooting and putting the joints out. You had a following at the time, but like it's new because I didn't have a following. Like I didn't have a following for that though. Not like that, that was that's the hard thing to do is to change the demographic of your following. You went from fades. Because people love you for this one thing. So yeah. when you give them something that they don't love to see, it's a hard thing to do. It, 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 and a lot of people don't make it past that barrier. So walk us through that barrier. Because someone's gonna have to go through that. So you like explain to me what what someone needs to do when they're in that position. You gotta first make it authentic because if it's not authentic, the audience will feel it. Real, recognize real. Jada Kid said, I can only speak through the things that I've been through. And that was, when I heard that boy, I'm like, damn, like, that's why I can't say the shit that I just hear on YouTube. Mm-hmm. When I started speaking about shit that I went through, mm-hmm. that's where people started to understand it because I speak with a different tenacity when, when, you, when it comes out of my mouth. Like, I'm not speaking some shit that I heard and I'm rebuttaling it like, when you hear somebody speak from real pain, you hear them speak from somewhere that isn't just living up here, it's living in here, like, it changes the way that you hear, they, it changes everything, right? Like, so the second I started doing that, I started seeing the change in the response that I got from mm-hmm. my content, right? My con- my content went from 10 people saying I, I fuck with it and 90 people saying I didn't to maybe 60 people saying I fuck with it, 40 people saying I'm not. And then the more that I kept doing it, the more that it would switch and people would go from like, yo, stop, you know, stop speaking to, man, I need more of this in my life. And then when you truly believe impact, you know, it shouldn't be based off the numbers and the amount of people that say, I fuck with this or not. If I got one comment of somebody saying that I love this and it changed my life, that should be the thing that I'm focused on and not just the response and the numbers that I would get from the social. So when I started speaking things that, I, that I've really gone through, you know, I wasn't worried about the amount of engagement I might get from it. I was worried about like, yo, did anybody really even hear me? And the more that I could do that, you know, the numbers went up by itself. It took care of itself. I, I stopped letting that be the focus of it. They say, what if you, if you, if you chase money, it's going to run from you. Mm-hmm. You chase social media followers, they going to run from you fast too. The likes will run from you. The blue check will run from you. Everything will run from you. Even when we first met, I told you, I said, I want a blue check. I don't got no blue check. He said, Stop. I said, Why are you worried about that shit? That's exactly what you told me. Why are you worried about a blue check? So the second I stopped worrying about it and I started worrying about what it is that I'm called here to do, everything changed. Like that's when things started turning. So first, it has to be authentic Mm -hmm. for you to even get them to feel you. Got to be from the heart. And then, like, my thing was to, to, to mix two. Right, mm-hmm. find a way. If there's a world where both live, do so. I still cut hair, mm-hmm. but nobody watches my videos for the haircuts. Nah. I don't even show the haircuts. No one, you don't even see the comments on the cuts anymore. Nah, most videos don't even show the haircut. Yeah. But did I, you know, I like I didn't want to like you know 
disrespect or push anybody away that loved me for the barber that I was. I thought that was, I thought that was a, you know, a, a harsh thing to do. Yes, it's my choice. And then there I put exactly what I want out. I live the life I want. I build the brand I want. But man, these people have been supporting me, paying for my classes, paying my bills, allowing me to like live the life I want. And I don't want to like, just like disregard them. Like, thanks for where y'all got me from so far. Fuck the barber shit. I'm on to the next thing. I catch the next group of people. Like, man, these people watching me come up from barber school. So I'm like, man, how do I, you know, and, and first I've realized that it's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a talented barber. I think that's God-given skill, right? That's not the skill that took me to where I'm at today, but it was the start. So I didn't want to deny that blessing. Like, I felt, I felt guilty for denying the blessing that God gave me to be a good barber. I felt like it was wrong of me to say, God, I'm good on this, what you gave me. I'm just going to do what I, what I, you know, what I want to do. So I'm like, how do I mix the both, right? How do I make my barber fans feel like y'all fuck with this barber? And then how do I get the people that have, that don't even care for anything barbering yeah. to care about what I got to say? Yo, let me cut a stranger on the street. And I wasn't doing any of this when we met. I, was, I, I think I was chasing celebrity cuts or something at the time. So like, how do I merge the two? How do I not disregard the blessing that God gave me to be a good barber, but also think, also follow what I feel like is in my heart and what is my purpose to do. Yeah. I'll cut a stranger, right? It's, it's, I'd rather speak to a stranger and change the way that we see everyday people than to just cut a celebrity and heighten the way that we see more celebrities on earth. Like they're already celebrities, man. Like we get it. You know, you cut a celebrity, it's cool. They hot already. I ain't doing nothing but adding more fuel to their fire. But now they got should be adding fuel to the fires that people might not ever see, right? Like, I've given people, everyday strangers, an opportunity to share their stories. And it's a beautiful thing to see at, at how much you could relate to somebody that you would have walked past every day of your life. Yeah. So, like, I merged the two. I found a way where both could coexist. Now I have the opportunity to do either or. Mm-hmm. I got an opportunity to post a motivational video that has no haircutting involved. They go just as viral as any other video. I got an opportunity to cut somebody that I may have always wanted to cut in my life mm-hmm. and I get the same love to that. You know, but more importantly, like, you know, I, I made it authentic and I think that's just who I am. I figured out who I am and I put that out as clear as I can through any piece of content I make. Yeah. I think one of the blessings for you was you actually cut the celebrities, right? I remember when I first met you, you had started, you would cut a few and you had like this hit list and then you hit the hit list quickly because again, you're tenacious. Like, I want to cut this, 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 and you cut them. And it was like, once you got it, kind of like the blue check, it's like, mm, there's got to be more to this. And then, like, I saw the shift. It went from what celebrities can I cut to, I remember you being like, I don't even know if I want to cut all the time. And that was like, again, not, not a shot, but I was just like, well, like, I met Vic Blends. You got this academy. And you're like, no, no, I'll cut. But, like, I don't, I don't want to get paid to cut. I want to do more with the cutting. And... Took us some time, but you, you got to this this like really sweet spot. And I was telling V the other day, like I love when I watch the videos because I know you would pay to do that. Like the fact that you get the numbers, views, impressions of brands is cool, but I know like you found something that if you could do this for the rest of your life, you would pay out of pocket to do it. And that's yes. that's my prayer for you. And then you've lived in it. So like, congrats on that. That's not even a question. That's just like it's a beautiful thing to see. Like you found, and at a young age. You found but I just, I learned my, I spent time with myself. Man. The pandemic was a blessing to, to me. You know, I can't say the same for others. I don't want to even offend nobody by saying that like the pandemic was a blessing overall. But for me and my experience and what I took from it was I spent time with myself. Mm-hmm. Our life 
you know, for, for every day our life is on go. Our life is controlled by by flesh. Our life is controlled by us being human. God sat everybody down mm. and said, let me take control. And that was a moment where we were all forced to let go and let God take control of. So once you let God take control, my path was completely different when everything came back to life. Mm. Right? But if I didn't let him take control... I would have been finding ways to fucking to put a mask on and extra gloves to go do more cuts. I sat back and I, I let God, I let God take control of whatever He wanted me to accomplish with His life that I have. But yeah, man, like I I would you know there's more conversations that I have with people that never get documented. But like like I said, I spent time with myself yeah. and I knew that that was what I love to do. I love to speak to people. I love to like hear stories and I love. Cause I got to go through my own. I got to go through my own story. So like I, I know the emotions that other people go through, and I, I man, it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I told V, I was like, you know, the timing was crazy. We had just sold our company, and I'd never been home as much as I was home in that period of time. And I, we just met, well, you know, we met a little before that, and I was home for this stretch. And we had talked about, I think I was your manager for all of six hours. Six hours, yeah. It was like a day thing. It was like a day thing. It was a day so, thing. So, so you went home and talked to V and, and it was it ended quick. And I was like, yo, like, this isn't the real me. Like, the real me does not, like, I'm not here all the time. I'm not just available. But I just remember, like, you were, you came in my life at a very unique time for me. I think I came in, a, in your life at a very unique time for you. And I love that I got to see your journey in a way I've never really had. I've never paid attention to someone as much as I paid attention to you. I've been this person for many people, but... My life's always been moving a million miles a minute. You were the first time that like everything else was calm. So it was like, I could just pull up and spend four hours a bit. I could just be on the phone with him for two hours. I could like, we don't have that luxury as we did before, but like we stay connected. But at that time, I just remember like seeing you grow, it gave me perspective. And obviously, you know, the impact of that on my life. Never been on camera before. I've never been the front face of anything. I've never shared my gems with the world. And, and that you pushed me to do. So like, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: but Do you feel like if you could go back, do you feel like you made maybe not a mistake, but do you feel like you would have done it differently? Do you feel like the time you had with House Studios, you feel like you didn't capitalize on that because you didn't put yourself out there? Nah, so everything happens for a reason. Because had I done that, I never would have met you. If I don't meet you, we're not in this house. Not yeah. So it's like everything happens the way it's supposed to. The, the stuff I learned as a leader, as a business owner, as a husband, as a father as a friend, good and bad, I had to go through that that way. I had to like, I had to learn the pain of, you know how many people I've put on? You know how many people I've put in positions to win and like they've moved on and I'm like, damn, like another one? Like, and every time people be like, you like, you're the face. Like when I first started house, the, the biggest producers I know would be like, this is, the, this is the play in the industry. You're the guy, get all these young guys to produce, put your name on it, and you'll be the biggest producer to DC here. You know how many hits came out of our studio? Like, hits that, like, I easily could have been like, yo, just say produced by you. And those kids would have done it because, like, I was everything. But I couldn't do that because I had, like, it, it's not who I am as a person. But B, I, my goal was to put them on. But when I put them on and I saw how quickly people forget, like, how, like, the value you add early on is often forgotten as people move on, then I realized, like, oh, there's a pattern here. And if I continue to do that, like, and I'm, and I'm constantly dimming my light. Like, not just I could have added my name to other people's beats, 
but you know how many songs I produced and like allowed someone else to take the credit because I was like, now nah, you deserve it more than me. Like, but they didn't. It's just like I was hiding. I was cowering behind like my biggest fear was like, what if? What if this shit works? What if I like pop and like they shoot at me? What you said, like you put it out there. That's why I said it's so important. You 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 tried the motivational thing. They shot at you. They told you you ain't shit. Like who are you? Shut up. You ain't no shit. And you back down. That's what I. It's like the second I would do good, and it's like, oh my god, he's good. Then you'd have the ten people who are like, man, he ain't shit. And I'd be like, oh god, like maybe because part of you, I'm not sure. Like, am I not shit? Am I shit? Like you, it was always an internal struggle. So I was like, I don't even want to find out if I'm the shit or not. Let me just like help other people become the shit. But after doing that for years, and like once I stepped back, I was comfortable. I was like, yo, we sold the company. We're good. Like, you know, because that was my mindset. I'm like, yo, I'm chill. Like, we'll figure it out. And then you were like, yo, get out there, bro. Why fight for more? Why not just be cool with your money? So a couple things happened, right? I think, like, the Black Lives Matter thing sparked something in me. Like, that that moment in time. Because I think it's part of a long history. And then, like, I won't make this all political, but, like, I think, like, we as, as black people around the world, not just in America, have been conditioned to think of ourselves in a certain way. Less than and lower than. And, and so, and we don't have too many people we can look at and be like, wow, they did that look like us. So I realized like, I have that, like I've done it. Like I've, I've done it many times. How many people, I'm a refugee, came from a war-torn country and became a millionaire. Like, like you, I've beat the odds. I've done the impossible. What, what can't I do? What, what's challenging for me? So it was like, I have a chance now to be a, a beacon for people who look like me, who aren't sure what they're capable of. So that was a part of it. And then uh, my mother passed and, and like getting to know her, like, and getting to see the beauty in her and seeing all the things that I got from her. I was like, oh, her legacy has to live on through me. My grandmother's legacy has to live on through me. And I have to show my kids so they pass that legacy on. If I keep dimming my light and I never show them how great they can be, then I, what kind of father am I? What kind of friend am I? What kind of husband am I? So again, like our time together really sparked it because you were the one that kept saying like, dude, like, what you tell me, you got to tell the world. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I can't do the, hey, you on Vic Lance. People, they don't rock with you, but you rock with you. Like, you turn it on. And I, I like, I'm in awe of you every time you do it. Because I'm just like, yo, like, this dude, it's like a gift. It's literally like a direct. It's like when you're in the studio and you see somebody like Manny Wells sing. I'm like, yo, God, like, what? how do you do that? That's what you have. But there's something that you see in me. It's something God knows that she's seen in me. It's something that the world has told me before. And I was like, well, let me just try. Let me just like see what happens. But it definitely like, again, like timing. Like if I don't spend that time with you, you were water to my seed that I didn't know I needed. Whereas like, for the most part, I'm trying to water your seed. I'm like, and I remember we'd have combos where I'm like helping, 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 helping. And then at the end of the combo, you'd be like, but how you doing? But, but what you doing? You, 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 you creating content yet? And I'm like, nah, Vic, I don't, I don't post on social media. That's because in my mind, like a relationship is a seesaw. Yeah. What what if one side's heavier than the other? Mm-hmm. Can't jump can't jump up. Yeah. You know, so it has to be equal weight. Doesn't mean that you can't lift one or the other up. Mm-hmm. But if this relationship is going to continue, there has to be equal weight brought to both sides of this relationship, mm-hmm. right? And then people question all the time when they want certain relationships to happen with certain people. They're like, "Yo, why don't I want to rock with me?" And it's like, "Dog, you got to bring value to whatever table you feel like you want to sit at." Mm-hmm. Right, bring food to the table and allow everybody to eat and everybody's gonna wanna eat with you. You're gonna be invited to the cookout every damn week. Like, bring food to the cookout, bring food to the cookout. If you're the one showing up wanting to go play it all the time, people not gonna invite you back. 
bring food to the cookout and eat with your people. So that was me. I'm like, damn, I can't, I can't tell this man how to run business, but like, what value do I bring to this relationship that can make this fruitful on both ends? And that was something that I feared, you know, as I'm meeting my idols now and I'm meeting a, a J. Cole and I'm meeting, you know, a Nelly or I'm meeting whoever, like, now, you know, that was something I was scared. I was like, damn, do I have enough to, to, to bring here? Like, am I, are these people gonna rock with me? And uh, more than anything, like, I found that like, you know, if you don't know what to bring to the table, bring genuineness, like, cause that ain't, that, that's such a rare thing now. Like, you ain't always gotta be pouring in and, and bringing monetary or shout outs or whatever to the table as far as value. Like most people that are at a higher level, they don't even see genuine love no more from the people. Yeah. That's value that I bring to the table for everybody. I may not be the smartest in the room, may not have the, the most followers or the most money, but I know I bring a love that nobody else will see somewhere. Yeah. Right? You'll never see the love that I bring to the table. And that's why people rock with me. Mm-hmm. It's because I ask them how they feeling and not how it feels. Mm-hmm. Right? They always ask me how it feels, but never ask me how I feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I ask people how they feel. Yeah. And that's why I've been receiving the love that I have been. Because you got to have genuine love for people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I smell food cooking, so we won't take too much more time. But, I, I you know, I, I, I want to kind of speak now to, like, what's the future for Big Plans? What, what's what's the vision board like for it's Big like, Plans? That's the shortest answer I could give you. It's whatever guy I want okay. to happen for me. I have no control over it at this point. Like, everything in my life has been... A blessing from God. It's been unexpected. It's been things that I can never put down on paper to say what happened to me. Every day I meet somebody different. Every day I hear something different. I have a different conversation with somebody and my path is whatever God wants me to do. I know the overall goal is to change the way that people see people. But where the next five years is, I mean, I have some some, some goals and things written down, but ultimately I have no, I have no say so. My name is Victor Fontanez. This is my mentor, Uta Gray Jr., where I'm a 24-7 artist. I can speak firsthand through a lot of the motivation you might find in this channel, but for me personally, the impact that I've had on my life from finding a mentor, not just in Uta, but 
many of the people in his circle that you might see in this platform, the change that it's had in my life has been one that I can never replay and do again. I can't get it the same way. And if I went back two years later and try to re-meet new people at that same time, I wouldn't end up the way that I am now. Never be scared to seek mentorship or find somebody that has experience in this life. If somebody's been there and done that, open your ears and try to listen. Getting mentorship and seeking knowledge and investing in myself has been the best decision I ever made in my life. And I would not be able to even have the experiences I have today, nor the knowledge to speak about these things or even apprehend them as they're coming to me if I didn't open my ears and listen more than when I was talking. 24-7 artists is not something built off a pre-built curriculum that you might have seen on you know, you know, teacher.com or some, some shit you find on Google is something built through blood, sweat, and tears and years of sacrifice that you can never redo again. Right? The only way we was able to build this platform is to go through the experience and for you to have an opportunity to have somebody's full life experience and career through the losses and wins packaged in somewhere. Right, that's an opportunity worth at least trying to see what you can learn. Miss all the shots you don't take. I'd rather be the person to know 100% that I tried that shit. It was not for me. I didn't get my money's worth. Than for me to sit back with the what if of, yo, what if I would have learned what might have been there? What if I would have invested in myself enough at those times, right? When I sit on my deathbed, I'm not going to look back to my 20s and say I should have spent a couple more dollars here. I won't. All right, I'm young. I'm 22. I ain't got no kids. I... At this point, all my money should be going towards whatever I have to do at this point to make sure that when I get kids and have a family, they ain't never got to go through the things that we had to go through. I will not be scared and look back in my 20s and say I would have I, I tried hard if I could go back. So investing in yourself is all you can do.